Hello and welcome back to the Premier League Trio podcast. My name is Hader and I'm your host, obviously, as usual today. I've had a terrible weekend watching United completely destroy my hopes, uh, my happiness <laughs> and also just my mood. So um, we're going to take a little bit of a turn to, I guess, the polar opposite, which is Arsenal FC. They've had a great first two games, six points from six. And who better to talk to me than Chris Davison, who is a writer for the Arsenal Review and podcaster, massive Arsenal fan and a really top guy. So, Chris, welcome to the podcast and thank you for talking to me about Arsenal today. No worries, mate. Thank you for having me on. It's a pleasure. No problem at all. And uh, wow, this, this must be nice, wasn't it, that you're sort of looking at the table now. I know it's two games in. We shouldn't get too excited. You know, one game doesn't make your season and uh, and one victory, you know, obviously doesn't make your season. But Arsenal look strong, I will admit. I think when I watched, because I watched the West Ham game, I don't think you play particularly well, but it's a mark of a good side when you win, when your backs are against the wall, when you don't play particularly well. And I think you can probably argue that that's something Arsenal haven't done for the last six, seven years. Absolutely. Under Unai Emery, we would have lost that game. No, no doubt about it. And I think that just goes to show what kind of team we are under Mikel Arteta and completely agree with you. It was, by far not, not our best performance um, and uh, you know we still dug deep and managed to get the three points and to me um, and I think for the majority of the Arsenal fans that's all really matters um, West Ham always give us a sort of tough game um, and uh, we knew they'd uh, um, come uh, fighting um, at the weekend um, after obviously they had a disappointing start to their Premier League campaign as well so no doubt they would have wanted to bounce back um, and uh, they did the uh, they, they did cause some problems for us at times. But, um, yeah, no, I think, you know, going in at half time, it wasn't a great first half. Um, Mikel Arteta would have said to him, you know, look, let's change things about um, and just stick with it. Keep going at it. Because looking back at it, it was, it was a game where, um, you know, Arsenal would come forward, create some problems, look dangerous. And then we'd let West Ham have their go. And it was sort of the story of the game, really. Um, and I think we were fortunate, um, maybe uh, not to not to lose. Um, West Ham did have a, a, a quite a few good opportunities, and our defence looked a bit shaky at times. But overall, like I said, it's the three points that matters. We dug we dug deep, and um, yeah, we got the result we wanted. And I just think, you know, compared to a few months ago when Unai Emery was here, we wouldn't have come away with those three points. But um, you know, that just goes to show, sort of what we're capable of under Mikel Arteta, if you like. And um, yeah, credit to the lads for getting the result. It, it wasn't easy, but um, we shoot a determination. Yeah, it's that, it's that sort of, you're right, that grit and determination. There seems to be a bit of a steal in this Arsenal side and something, like I said earlier, we haven't seen in a long time. What mm. sort of aura is around the club? I know you obviously, you speak to people in the club, you're, you're well connected. Um, but what are you hearing sort of, or what are you hearing from people who are connected to the club? you know, in terms of what aura that Mikel Arteta has in the club? Because it seems like he's come in. And the first thing I said when I saw him, obviously I'm a United fan, but, you know, my brother's an Arsenal fan. We talk about it a lot. Mm. I said the first change, forget about tactics, it's that culture change. For years mm. and years, the culture has been wrong at the club. You can talk about the owners as much as you want, but at the end of the day, there was too many times in big games where Arsenal were getting smashed, completely smashed. There was a lack of fight. 
obviously there was a lack of organisation on the pitch. And what Arteta has done, I think a lot of rival fans, especially a lot of Chelsea fans, have levelled this at, at Arsenal, that he parks the bus. It's, it's nonsense. Mm. You know, you look at the record from the end of last season, he beat Liverpool and City within the space of two weeks, beat Chelsea in the final, and obviously now Chelsea, Liverpool next week. But you're now finally going into big games, aren't you, with a plan, with something that works. Mm. And it must just be so refreshing just to have a manager that's come in who's made an impact, I suppose, on the cultural side, but also has uh, has had an impact tactically. So my question again is to you is, what aura does he have in the club? Is there a real sense of excitement that this could be something quite unique and could be something building towards a, a project? And uh, what's he done tactically which has impressed you? So, well, when it comes to sort of talking to people, you know, closely connected to the club, I usually speak to quite a few of the um, Arsenal correspondents, um, and, um, you know, one thing that always I'm always told and one thing you can see and feel as an Arsenal uh, fan is that this this football club it's, it, and the sort of um, feel around it, um, feel it feels healthy. It feels positive. Um, it feels bright once again. And in the past, we've had some pretty dark moments and the um, the fan base has been very toxic. Um, it's been criticism after criticism after criticism whether it's to the players whether it's to the manager whether it's to the board and um you know it, it we always say it, i think us arsenal fans it, it really has been an, uh, a roller coaster over the last few years over the last few seasons there's been no consistency on and off the pitch over the last few seasons there's always been question marks um and there's been a lot of frustration and now we're starting to see that frustration um flush away now and i it is overwhelmingly um reassuring and um uh nice to hear you know all of these good things coming out of the football club all the, it's nice to hear the fan base sort of all on the same page now and it's because we're seeing much more performances on the pitch there's been lots of changes off the pitch and that they're all having a positive impact the players, well, obviously, certainly the majority of it is, is down to Mikel, but we're seeing the players has been a change of attitude, has been a shift in the way um, they go into each game, and it's been it's been fascinating. I really did not expect Mikel Arteta, who obviously um, this is his first managerial job um, in football. We knew that he um, is a was a great tactician when he was coming in. He's obviously worked closely with Pep Guardiola at Manchester City. He was instrumental in their success as well. And you know, yeah, we we knew we were going to get a good guy coming in to really sort of uh, change things and and hopefully progress us. And it's it's been amazing. It really has. And I just didn't expect Mikel to come in and change things so soon. Um, the way he talks. Um, in his press conferences and in, in, in the the post match press conferences as well, when he's when he's doing his interviews, he comes across really well. He comes across as a manager who cares deeply about this football club, who has a clear vision of where he wants to take this football club. Um, and you know, we'll go on to I'll, I'll speak um, briefly about the way we've been playing and, and tactically, etc. In a moment, um, just everything he's touched on. Um, in his press conferences and the way that he's he says that he wants this Arsenal team to play the the vision he has for as I mentioned it's 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 clear as day is that from a fan point of view um, uh, and uh, from a journalist point of view it's 
you can see that he's really trying to push this football club forward. Um, you know, obviously comparing it to Unai Emery, I think it's certainly different in terms of personality and experience. Unai Emery, established manager coming from abroad, um, been fairly successful as well, but he just wasn't the right fit. He couldn't get the players on board. There was co some uh, communication problems. The way he wanted to play, just it, it was, it did not suit Arsenal Football Club. You know, the majority of games under him, especially obviously um, uh, last season, were absolutely woeful um, to watch. And then, you know, for to come into a team where the players are low on confidence, um, the fan base um, are feeling very, very down in the dumps about things, and very split, very toxic atmosphere around the football club. Um, Mikel Arteta has done an amazing job and I think it all started the moment he walked through that door and he sat down with the squad, he sat down with his staff as well and he told them there and then that there are going to be non-negotiables and we've got to turn things around at this football club because the way things were going when he came in, it, uh, it was not looking pretty as, um, at all and you know, I'm sure yourself, you know, you're only, I know you're a United fan, but you would have heard and seen everything going on at Arsenal as well. I'm sure even you can admit that, you know, Arsenal were in a pretty dark place and there was no reason at all until Mikel came in to be, to be optimistic as an Arsenal fan whatsoever. And it's such a contrast now to where we are. You know, I'm, I'm sure you never thought that we'd end the season with an FA Cup um, on our hands. You know, it, it, absolutely fantastic. Um He's Mikel's coming. He's, he's obviously um, he's obviously made a lot of changes um, off the pitch as well, and obviously the board have been a few changes upstairs, and we've got a real sense of you know there's a it's a sort of all of a, a close team effort now uh, on and off the pitch. Is Arteta working closely with our technical director Edu, obviously a former gunner himself, um, and uh, you know they're working closely um, about transfers and stuff like that. Uh, and then we've got Vinay, um, who's sort of at the top now after Raul Sanieli left um, earlier on um, uh, this month. So, or last month, sorry. So, yeah, you know, um, positive changes on off the pitch. I mean, Arteta's got us playing some exciting football again that we weren't seeing last season. Defensively, so much better. Um, obviously, we were leaking so many goals under Unai Emery, and that was probably for, for me, um, the, the biggest problem for us. You know, you're going to leak goals in the Premier League every week. Then you, you're going to struggle to get uh, the three points. It's as simple as that. Um, and, uh, you know, um, just obviously create in terms of creating chances and scoring goals. Every time Arsenal go forward now, you've got a real sense of belief that something's going to happen. And then obviously when the other team have got the ball and they're sort of um, putting pressure on our back line, again, you're a bit more confident now as an Arsenal fan that we're going to deal with it. So Mikel certainly worked hard in terms of both defensive work and keeping solid back line and, and um, on how to play out from the back as well. It's so much more calm and you feel comfortable watching them and compared to when Unai Emery was here, you just, you just knew it was going to go wrong somewhere. Um, and uh, yeah, like I said, um, I mean, we saw it in the, I think it was the Man City game and then the Liverpool game in the Community Shield. And then it happened in the Fulham game as well at the beginning of the season where we played some lovely counter-attacking football. We won the ball back, pinged a few passes around, kept calm. The shape was solid. Players were moving in certain positions to create uh, space and create chances. I mean, we saw uh, with Aubameyang, it's happened a few times now where he cuts in on his right foot and bangs one into the top corner. You know, it's happened a few times. I think when you analyse that, 
and I know some of some of the um, the journalists have done it as well. You know, well, this is obviously becoming a regular thing at Arsenal. This is how they want to play. They're going to break teams down, keep calm, pass it around. The players know where to be at the right times, and then we're going to create chances from it and score goals. So, yeah, I mean, I could go on and on and on about Arteta and how much of a fresh air a fresh air he's been, um, and how um, how amazing of a job he's done and full credit to him, full credit to his staff as well. Cause obviously it wasn't just Arteta that came in. He brought in loads of new faces for his backroom staff and they've all done a very, very good job. And look, no, can't sit here and get too carried away. We're two games in obviously two games, two Absolutely. wins, but it's, it's looking very positive and I'm, and I'm probably might touch on it in a little while, but if we can certainly end um, this transfer window strong as well, then there's no reason for us Arsenal fans not to be optimistic. It's um, it's looking very bright indeed and exciting times ahead, hopefully. That's a phenomenal insight, Chris. Thank you very much for that. And yeah, we, that segues beautifully into the sort of transfers I want to talk about. But I just want to pick up on a few of those points before we move on. As United fan, I feel like our plight over the last few years has been very similar. You know, owners that don't necessarily have a footballing interest, perhaps their ambition doesn't match the fans. Mm. It's the most frustrating thing. I mean, at the moment, as a United fan, finishing third, you'd expect any owner with any ambition to push forward for those top two. Because I think they're, they're in some ways they're catchable. At the moment, obviously, they're on in another planet of their own. But, you know, a team that goes out in the market and invests really shrewdly can find themselves closing that gap from City and Liverpool to, what, 10, 15 points? Arsenal can ha very much do that. I looked at Chelsea yesterday and I thought, mm, you know, they bought seven players. It's going to take time to gel. And I've said this from the beginning. I love Solskjaer as a player. But I, if I had to pick who was the best manager between Oli, Mikel and Frank, it'd be it'd be Mikel at the top, Oli, and then I think Frank could be quite a little bit way down the bottom. But what I've been impressed with Arteta is the fact that, like you said, it's his first managerial gig, but how quickly he's fitted in. He didn't have a backroom staff. We've obviously bought Albert Stoyenberg, used to be United assistant under Lou Van Hall. He's brought in Steve Round, who's under um, David Moyes. And it just seems to be working. What I'm very impressed with is that he's improved the players. You had people like David Luiz, who was much maligned. He was made fun of. I've never seen the David Luiz slander. I think he's a good player. Everyone knows he's a good player. He's just got a mistake in him. But you look at your CV and you don't win that much by being useless. So the way that he's improved him, like you said, Lacazette's now starting to score a few goals. He went on a very dry spell, holds the ball up well. Aubameyang to the left was obviously something Emery was doing as well, but he seems to be brilliant at that. Signing William is very shrewd, I think. People mock that, but William's been there, done it. He's won a lot of trophies. The question's about consistency. But looking at that team, Maitland-Niles looks better. Kieran Tierney is a very good player. There's quality in there. I think where you're looking at midfield, and that's where we'll touch on now, is there needs to be a bit more creativity. I think perhaps even another defensive midfielder. But you can't argue that majority of that first eleven has improved. Elneny's come back in. I mean, wow. He's come back in. He didn't look like someone who was going to be a um, <clears throat> a starter at all. It looked like he was going to go out the door. But Arteta's improving players. And this is why I, when I look at a top manager or a good manager or a coach, the first thing they have to do, and this is why I don't buy into this, oh, I need more players sometimes, because if you're not getting maximum out of the players at your disposal, then how can you how can you say, oh, I'm going to get more out of better players? And that's, for me, the mark of a very good manager. I've always said that 
and I've tweeted many times last season, I got a lot of stick from United fans, but you just got to be, you got to call a spade a spade, right? If you see something good as a football fan, and that's probably the most frustrating thing about football Twitter and this new generation of fans is that they can't go and admit when someone's doing something good. And I said, if Arteta had money, it's a frightening prospect. And that's where I want to go into now is that the transfers. So obviously I've spoken to a few journalists. You saw, obviously I spoke to Jeremy Smith the other day about people like Awa. Looking like it could definitely be a possibility. It looks like the fee is perhaps something which will be the sticking point. But to be honest with you, if you guys can secure Awa and Partey to add to William and Gabriel, I think Gabriel was a very good signing. I was high on Gabriel. I know United had an interest in him, didn't take it further. But Gabriel looks shaky in the first game, but looks a real player, deep-lying sort of playmaker. He's, he'll provide you with that, it's almost that sort of quarterback vision. He's a very good passer of the ball especially what Arteta wants. And there's a big demand for that left-sided, left-footed centre-back, isn't there? But um, mm. what have you heard in terms of tr the transfers on Awan Party? Obviously, you talked to Arsenal correspondents. And are there any other players at Arsenal looking at to strengthen? Because, like you said, it, it really does depend on all these sides now, top six sides going into the, the end of the window. You're looking at like the likes of Everton and Wolves look strong. Everton look very strong. I think they're going to challenge for the top six. I think they'll fall away a little bit. But all the top six sides, their season depends for me on who they bring through the door by the 5th of October. So, yeah. What have you heard on those two players? And um, is Guendouzi also out the door? Because he's obviously been linked to a move out. Yeah. So, um, I mean, when, in terms of incomings, um, one player we are we are definitely getting, and it is very close to being announced now, is um, a goalkeeper, Icelandic goalkeeper, 25-year-old Alex Renarsson. Um I was speaking to an Icelandic pundit um, the other day about this goalkeeper. Obviously, we sold Eliano Martinez for, uh, to Aston Villa for around £20 million. And he was amazing for us when he uh, came in and covered the injured Bernd Leno last season. Um, uh, this goalkeeper in Arsenal is going to come in and just sort of be a typical number two, really. He's not going to really come in from what I've heard and and you know, give Leno a hard time. Um, he's uh, He's been second choice at his current club, Dijon, um, in France. Um, and I think, you know, it's uh, it's sort of all um, come from uh, our, our current goalkeeper coach, um, Anaki Kanapavon. Um, he's worked with this goalkeeper before. He's obviously um, seen the situation with Martinez leaving and he's gone to Mikel Lidu and said, look, there is this guy I know you could just be a decent number two option for us. Um, going to cost very little. I think it's around one and a half, two million pounds. So, you know, when you look at Arsenal at the moment, are you either going to go and splash 20, 30 million on a goalkeeper um, or be sensible, get a low cost number two in and put the rest of the funds towards midfield? It's going to be the latter, isn't it? Because as you touched on there, you know, defensively, we're looking decent. You know, attacking-wise, we're looking fairly strong as well. We've got some really good players in there, but, you know, just in the, in the middle of the park, we need some creativity and we need a bit more defensive stability as well. Um, look, I would, I'd love to be able to answer your question about Owa and Partey. Um, all I know is what everyone else is saying at the minute. We definitely have strong interest in them. Um, but where it goes from here i really wouldn't be able to tell you at the moment um obviously i've um i've i've spoken to jeremy smith quite a few times as well who you had on, on your podcast the other day and we all know the 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 talent that iowa has um you know in terms of attacking um ability and sort of his skills and his dribbling his passing 
fantastic. And I've, I've watched him a few times for Leon. Obviously, one of the most talented midfielders out there at the moment. He's still quite young as well. He'd be fantastic. You know, I've got no doubt if he was to come in, then, you know, he's really going to add some threat going forward um, and, and moving the ball around, being that sort of creative, um, uh, you know, passer of the ball and, and who moves the ball around with great ease. Um, yeah, exciting links. Fantastic player. Would love for that to happen. Um, Edu, our technical director, has um, a great relationship with Juninho. They're obviously um, at Le- uh, Leon. So, you know, we'll have to wait and see where that one goes. Um, but for sure, you know, I think there's already been talk of obviously us making a bid and it was it got pushed back and there was possible involvement in Gwendozi, who you mentioned a minute ago, who's, who at the beginning of the summer, um, towards the end of last season, you would think was definitely going to be out the door this summer, um, uh, this year. But Mikel Arteta has come out and, and said that everyone's got a clean slate. You know, it's a new beginning. He's got a second chances. He's been training with the squad. Um, obviously, he hasn't played yet this season. Um, but again, you know, for me, Gwen Doozy, he's a, he's a player who has a lot of potential. And he is still young. It would explain the sort of uh, immature side to him. And that is something he's going to have to cut out, especially under Mikel, or someone like Mikel Arteta, who doesn't take any of that and who wants some serious mature players in the squad um, who will always be on their best behaviour. And with Matty, you don't know if you're always going to get that all the time. Um, but definitely is a, a talented player in there somewhere. And if he was to go, then it should be for quite a hefty fee, in my opinion, especially in this day and age. But obviously, we've got to bear in mind with everything going on at the minute um, that it, it might not be as high as it usually would uh, be in, a, in in the market. Um you know, obviously, I touched on oh, well then, but then Partey again, a, 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 definitely a more defensive player um, in, with Partey, and I think um, you know this one's very important if we were to let someone like Torreira go. And over the last twenty-four hours, there has been a lot of talk about Lucas Torreira heading off to Atletico Madrid. Talks are taking place. I've spoken to someone um, who's very. Um, reliable. Um, Francesco Porzio, you may have uh, recognised that name, works closely with Fabrizio. Um, yeah. And he's, he's confirmed to me that talks are taking place between Arsenal and Atletico. So we'll have to see what where that one goes. And you'd think, you would think, you know, letting someone like Torreira go, who is defensive-minded, energetic, box-to-box, um, aggressive, you would think that would have to replace him with someone like Partey. And it's, it's making it a little bit more interesting that it's obviously Atletico we're in talks with. So it would be absolutely fantastic if we got one of, obviously, both the dream, obviously, but one of Party and Iowa, Iowa um, it would be absolutely fantastic. But for me, you know, Partey has to be the priority. And I say that because of what I just touched on. If we're letting Torreira go, then we've got, not really that defensive-minded, box-to-box, energetic, aggressive player in the middle of the park. You can't rely on Jacker to do that. That's not his game. You can't rely on El Nenny. As much as he's a bit more defensive-minded, he's not going to... I don't think he's going to be a first-team rule season. There's obviously still a chance he could leave between now and he, uh, the window. Gwen Doozy, again, future uncertain. For me, not good enough to be a starter every week. He's still got a, a lot of learning to do. And he, 
in his defensive game, he can be very reckless. And I think well, one of the only other central midfielders we've got, unless I'm forgetting someone, is is Joe Willock. And again, he's not really good enough to be a starter every week and do that job in the middle of the park for us in order to, you know, win us games and break down play, etc. We, we do need a, a world-class central midfielder in there. And for me, party out of him and Iowa has got to be the priority. Don't get me wrong, Iowa's a fantastic player. I said that on social media last night. He's, he'd be a great addition and I wouldn't be sitting here moaning about it if we got him. Absolutely not. But I just think if Torreira is leaving, parties a must because if not, we're going to have not really much sort of um, uh, defensive-minded uh, players for us in midfield. Um, someone who, like I said, can come in, break down plays, energetic, aggressive, um, box to box, um, and, and comfortable on the ball and uh, a good passer. Um, Obviously, for me, Iowa would make a bit more sense if someone like Urzel was going and we didn't have that much creativity going forward. Let's see, this is this is the thing. I am in two minds about this because we are still lacking creativity, especially from the midfield uh, areas. Yeah. So I, I think against sides that sit deeper, I think that's going to mm. become a problem. I think on the break, you guys are fantastic. You don't necessarily... I wouldn't say I was someone who would be for those sort of games. It's for the, the mm. games where teams are going to sit deep and p teams are going to do that. Arsenal are a big side, side that with United. I think when I when I look at our and party, it's a difficult one. I, d I just, I'm a bit shocked that you're letting Torreira go because I watch a lot of Serie A. When Torreira was at Sampdoria before he moved to Arsenal, he's very highly rated. Napoli went for mm. him. I, I just think that for what Arteta wants to do, he fits the bill. Like you say, you know, he's aggressive, he's energetic, he can pass the ball. Uh, maybe he's just not happy in in England because I did read that as well that, that there were yeah. those yeah there were those rumors. But you used to obviously speak to Jeremy Sisson. I spoke to Jeremy about Awa. He said very immensely talented. We all know that the price tag is huge, sixty million euros, I believe. Uh, and also mm. he's he's up and down, you know, in terms of his form. And I just think spending a lot of money. We've seen Kai Havertz coming to the Premier League and uh, completely struggle in the last few games. Um, obviously, it's early days, but. It, it takes time for people to settle. I just think that maybe party would settle quicker. I just, I just think it's a less. He's got the, yeah, sorry, he's got the he's got the physicality as well. Party, yeah. you know, he's he's strong and he's energetic. He's got great stamina. He works hard, and you know, for me, that's what Torreira's been doing when he was playing last season. Like we said, he was energetic. He got everywhere. He picked up quite a few man of the match awards as well. You know, it was just that player. We, myself included, because I'm. Um, we saw obviously a few clips um, of him at Sampdoria. We watched him in the World Cup because obviously he joined just after that had finished uh, a couple of years back. And we, not just me, but the majority of the Arsenal fan base were very excited and, and we're like, hang on a minute, are we getting this defensive midfielder that we've been crying out for for so long? You know, we hadn't really had anyone in there since Patrick Vieira. Obviously, you can't really compare the two. But, um, you know, just in terms of that defensive minded, defensive uh, midfielder, sorry, to come in, break up play, get aggressive, get stuck in and have, you know, a, a huge work rate. We a bit Torreira, of bite as well is really needed, isn't it, in that midfield? Yeah, Torreira came in and done such a good job to begin with as well. He was really, really good. Like I mentioned a second ago, he, he was picking up man and match after man and wet, man and match. And he was fantastic. And then I think recently he suffer, um, suffered with a, a few injuries confidence probably hasn't been there and there has been a lot of talk about him being a bit homesick and wanting to return to Italy um and uh yeah you know he's he is that sort of um guy off the pitch very close to his family and 
uh, very down to earth. So I can I can sort of see that, you know, making sense. And, um, you know, if he was to leave, you know, you know, no hard feelings at all. Not from our, us Arsenal fans. He's done nothing wrong. Um, it's just um, one of those things that can happen in football. You you come to a new league, you start off really well and unfortunately maybe pick up a few injuries, your confidence drops, you become become unhappy and unsettled. You want to, and obviously now he's not, he's not playing anyway. Um, and uh, yeah, you know, um, I, I think he's a player our Arteta rates highly. Um and in an ideal world, maybe we, we could afford to keep him. Um, but um, it seems that if we obviously do want to upgrade, which which is the way we're heading in terms of not just obviously in defensive midfield, but going forward in defence, obviously, like you touched on, we've got Gabriel has been fantastic so far and is looking like a big upgrade early on. You know, we've, we've got to make tough decisions. And if that means Torreira leaving and us getting someone like Thomas Partey, for example, then... In my opinion, it's a no-brainer. So we'll wait to see what happens. But I'm I'm hopeful we'll get at least one of Party and are in before the window, especially if we're going to let someone like Torreira go. You know, the club of... I don't think Guido and Arteta are that stupid. I trust them very much. The, you know, one of us, our players going out and one's coming in for sure. That's the difference between when you have footballing men and footballing positions. At United, obviously, mm. uh, it's massive. And that's why I did say um, when Arsenal got rid of Wenger, what United didn't do is they didn't invest in the structure. You missing that was a shame. Obviously, it didn't really necessarily work out. So Leahy went in, Eddie was there. So you've got a structure in place. So I think that's the positive thing is that while you might not have the money to spend like a Chelsea, but I think you you are carefully picking players to bring in. And Arteta's obviously got a say in that. So I think for Arsenal fans, that's the positive thing. But Chris, let's move on to the final, final section. And just a little quick one. What are your predictions for the Liverpool game? I believe you're playing Liverpool, aren't you? Um, hmm. next year. And uh, what's your prediction for the season? Because when I did a top six prediction, look, it's, it's been two games, like I said. For other teams, you know, one or two games, you can't really choose a season on that. But um, I said Arsenal were going to finish sixth. But I think I'm going to change that. I think they're going to challenge for top four. Whether they go fourth or fifth is remains to be seen. But um, I think there's a very big possibility that Arsenal get back into the top four. Consistency has to be there. I think there needs to be more creativity in midfield. I think that could be a sticking point. But um, the signs are definitely positive. There's a progression. There's a project you guys are following. So, uh, And for the Liverpool game, I think Liverpool will do it. Because I just saw Thiago come on the other day and it just took them to the next level. He is just an absolutely wonderful footballer. I predicted City to win the league. But as soon as Thiago came in, added Jota for a little bit of depth, they just look a different side. And I think, I think, they, might, I think they might just beat Arsenal probably about... 2-1 I think so uh, yeah hit me with your prediction for uh, sort of top four or top six and um, what is your prediction for the Arsenal-Liverpool game um, right well look I think like I sort of said to you at the beginning of the show if if we strengthen even more between now and the end of the window and bring someone in like the names we've obviously been talking about then I can see us challenging for the top four I really can because we're strong at the moment and if we can build on top of the strength we already have and get even more stronger um, under Arteta and the leadership that he brings and the squad we already have there, the potential that this squad has, then I can see this finishing top four. I really can. It's not going to be easy because obviously the teams around us are strengthening and they're probably going to strengthen a bit more between now and the uh, end of the window as well. We're not the only teams doing that, obviously. Um, so it's going to be very competitive as it always is. But yeah, if we can get some big names in um, or another big name in before the end of the window, then I'm hopeful we can we can uh, challenge for the top four this season. 
if we aren't able to um, strengthen him in the field and bring in a, a big name or at least two big names, then, you know, I think we're going to struggle in certain games. You know, there could be more of, you know, that sort of West Ham game we saw the other night and we struggled to break teams down, excuse me, and, you know, we 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 don't come away with three points because it, it might it might not happen every week. You know, we got we got a little bit fortunate the other night, and luckily we did get that winner towards the end, five minutes from the end. But that isn't probably going to re- happen all the time. We've got to keep realistic. So you know, if we aren't able to bring in another creative player or someone who can dominate midfield for us and and um, do all the nitty gritty dirty work and and uh, help us out in midfield, then. You know, I think we could struggle, but I'm hopeful and I think we will get a big name in before the end of the window. So I'm going to say top four. So what I'm going for, you've got to be optimistic. I am an optimistic Arsenal fan, although they say it's the hope that kills you. But, you know, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. I'm, I'm hopeful. I'm optimistic. We can finish the window on a, on a high and uh, really challenge the season. And Absolutely. Yes. Liverpool game. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah Liverpool game. Um, it's going to be tough. Like you said, I think Liverpool will probably just probably just nick it unfortunately because they've just got so much quality i don't think they've i don't think they've looked overall or overly um like fantastic since the no, start of the season but you know um it's two wins on in a row for them as well so they'll you know it's going to be a game of two teams who are you know got great confidence at the minute um both strengthened during the window um, so I think it's going to be a competitive game. I don't think it's going to be a case of where Arsenal have gone to Anfield in recent times and just get absolutely obliterated and it's an embarrassment. I don't think it's, that's going to happen. Um, obviously, we beat them in the Community Shield before the season started and um, uh, I know both teams didn't have their obviously their full squads, but we looked decent. Um, but yeah, they'll create chances. They'll they'll they'll, they'll cause our defence problems, no doubt, with the, uh, the forward players they have. Um, and probably, like you said, they're probably just going to nick it. But I'm, I'm going for a, a close scoreline as well. You know, it, would it be right of me as an Arsenal fan to sit here and predict that we're going to lose? I don't know. I don't know if it will go down too well on my side of things on social media. So, you know, I'll go the opposite and say two on Arsenal. Do I think that's going to happen? Probably not. But, you know, um, you know, be optimistic. Why not? And uh, I'll say, yeah, we'll just, we'll just nick it. Yeah, you're better yeah. place now. You're be- it's not like in previous years where you just know you what well, you're hoping you don't get tonked four nils mm. so look absolutely. chris it's been an absolute pleasure mate thank you very much for your time where can all the listeners find uh obviously your articles and podcasts etc and your at handle well yeah well first of all thank you very much mate for having me on it's been an absolute pleasure um yeah arsenal fan or any other football fans who um want to follow my work on twitter my uh, handle is at c davison underscore afc and uh, I'm always keeping the fans up to date with um, all things Arsenal on there. And uh, yeah, as you mentioned, I, I write for the Arsenal Review, um, which is a, um, a website where it lets just sort of the Arsenal fans have their own say on matters and um, about different subjects that happen around the football club. Um, so yeah, the ArsenalReview.com. They've got the, the Twitter page as well. Links in my bio on Twitter, so you'll find it on there. Absolutely brilliant. What we'll do to all the listeners, especially the Arsenal fans, we'll put Chris's at handle in the description. We'll put down the Arsenal review as well in the description. And to all the listeners, make sure you give a like and a subscribe. We've got some fantastic and exciting news. There's a possible rebranding going to be going on. So uh, make sure you keep your eyes peeled for that. <clears throat> that should be good fun. 
And um, yeah, make sure you also check out Spotify and Apple Podcasts. We'll be uploading the audio versions because obviously a lot of people prefer to listen to it on the way to work, although no one's really commuting at the moment, obviously, with COVID. But yeah, make sure you give a like and subscribe. Give Chris a follow. He's an absolutely fantastic Arsenal fan. And we will see you next.